Good afternoon everyone, this is Raz again from Raz's Football Show. Today I'm going to be talking about the fact that football's back. It's amazing, it's such a great feeling to have football back right now. I've been waiting for this time for ever since lockdown has begun. It's been a bit, how can I put it, a little bit lost, you know, I felt lost. I think a lot of people out there have felt the same thing, you know, lost without football, you know, it's been, there's been a lot of austerity out there. Everyone's felt a little bit like um, there's not a lot going on, you know, there's no no real TV channels on. You've got Sky Sports and they've they've been doing their football show on on TV, but again, it's just been, you know, podcasts and you know, TV shows online and just they've been doing like interviews with other footballers and what they've been doing. Um, and it's just basically been on the video. So it's just been great to finally find out that we've got some football coming back. And wow, what what a start we're going to have. I mean, I mean, one of the big, big ones to look out for is the Arsenal-Man City game. Wow. Um it's going to be great. I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's going to happen, in, you know, over the next few months. You know, there's going to be games coming thick and fast. There's going to be a game practically every other day. And that's just amazing to think, you know, it's going to be like watching a World Cup where we're going to be watching TV every day. There's going to be a football match on. There's going to be a there's going to be a game on and we can just, you know, watch the games. Um, and it's, it's great to know that we've got football back. Um, now, in this show, today's segment, what we're going to be talking about is really what we think the season, how the season's going to end now from here onwards. Now, my thoughts are right now that the way things are at the moment, it's pretty obvious that we do have um, an outright winner with Liverpool right now. I think it's going to be very difficult for anyone to come out of this with um, with any chance of even coming close to Liverpool right now. It's just they've, they've won. They've, they've won hands down and you know it's been an achievement for them you know they've waited 30 years for that victory and it's finally going to come and we're just really glad for you know for the sake of Liverpool really I'm just glad you know, we're all glad that you, they've you know, they're going to get a chance to win the Premier League I'm fortunate for them they're not going to win the they're not going to be able to lift the cup in front of um, a full Anfield crowd because wow that would be some you know some sight to see I'll be honest with you as as a neutral, as a football fan, as a fan of Liverpool Football Club itself, you know, seeing Liverpool pick the cup up at Anfield or wherever it might be, it will be great. And to then have the whole of Liverpool come out and do a parade, that would have been a good scene. But I guess we're not going to see a parade and we're not going to see a um, the cup being lifted like that. But it will be on TV and I think all the TV channels are going to be, you know, supporting Liverpool on that. And we're all excited about that because I mean, to see see the you know, the league champions Liverpool who've won it in great style, and the fact that they've won it in a way where no other team, I think you know they're gonna if if they didn't have this um, COVID nineteen situation come up, it would have been uh, you know a very a record points tally this season, but. Having said that, we've done well with, you know, they've done well with what they've done so far. And I think it's only a matter of time before we see them, you know, exceed all, all points tally. They're 25 points clear. And if they can win pretty much most of the remaining games, which 
If I'm honest with you, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to win every single game now. Because, just purely because of the fact that the games are going to be coming thick and fast. Um, yeah, Liverpool do have a very good, um, very strong, strong squad. But again, um, it's just going to be a situation where either player is going to be fit enough to be able to play a game every two, three days. It's going to be difficult for, it's a, quite a demand. Um, not to mention any any other you know, injuries that may take place. Um, the good thing is, yeah, they are allowing five subs, but I think, is that going to be a major, major change? That could help a little bit, but is that going to be a big thing? I don't know. You know, only a matter of time and we'll tell. But having said that, I mean, I think it's been great seeing what's happening at um, Liverpool Football Club. And it's a great credit to the manager, Jürgen Klopp. He's done an amazing job there. And um, yeah, it's just great to watch. You know, it's great football. It's all, you know, heavy metal football, he likes to call it. And I think it's pretty much what, I, what we've seen this whole season. Um, and then you've got Man City. Well, you know, they, they've tried to keep up with Liverpool. But I think, let's be honest... They've stumbled a little bit. They've been a bit unlucky with the fact that Kevin De Bruyne hasn't been around throughout the whole season. He's had some stop-start season this season for him. Let's be honest, it's been a bit tough for him. Sterling's been in form and they're not in form as well. Um, some of the big hitters haven't performed as they would. Aguero's done well. He's uh, Aguero's Aguero, though. He's going to carry on doing what he does. He's a goal scorer and he's probably one of the best goal scorers in the Premier League. Um, but I think they have fallen short this season. They do need a bit more at the back. Um, and I think at times you've seen that even their goalkeeper has been questionable this season. So as a team, they haven't gelled as they usually would have liked. And I think it's shown in Pep Guardiola's um, frustration this season as well. He's, he's had some days where he's felt really like, oh, damn, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. And... It's gonna be it's it's gonna be hard for them for them especially now that the Champions League situations arise where they could be out of the Champions League for a couple of seasons. It's gonna be difficult for them to be able to keep hold of Pep Guardiola. But that's another situation, and we'll soon find out what happens come next season. Um, today we we've got a couple of guests that are gonna be coming online. Um, um, one of them is gonna be my friend Bav. He's, he lives in America and um, he's, we're, we're going to get him on shortly where he's going to be talking about football and how excited he is to have football back. Even in America, it's been great for him to be able to watch football um, and they, they get a lot of the games as well. Obviously, there's a bit of a time difference, but yeah, they get, get games out there and it's great for them in terms of what they get. Uh, you know, they've got a variety of sports to watch, you know, they've got the NBA, NFL, but he loves watching Premier League and Bav, I've known him for years, I mean, he's a uni friend of mine and he will be a regular guest on the show and he loves talking football, so please bear with him, he's, he's quite a, he loves football so much that he might show a bit of passion, but that's him and that's what I like, that's what we all like, uh, the sport we love, we need to show a bit of passion for it, so it's great, it's going to be fun. And then we've got my brother Hussein, who's going to come online, as, um, come on the phone as well. Um, a massive Liverpool fan. And um, yeah, so he's going to give us his take on football and how excited he is to have football coming back on our TV show. Um, and um, it's, it's going to be a, a quite insightful conversation with the pair of them because they both, I think, have different views on certain things. 
and um, but they both probably agree on certain things as well so it's going to be exciting they're not going to be on together but the questions um, that we're going to be asking them and the conversation that we're going to have it's just going to be like having a conversation with your friends at the local shisha bar or the local pub or wherever you like to say you know I mean it's, it's just a conversation with your friends and this is what I like about football. You can just have it's a it's a conversation opener. You can have a chat with anyone, and it doesn't have to. You don't even have to know them for long enough. You can sit in a stand in a queue for you know a, a restaurant or a, a takeaway, you know McDonald's, and you can see someone wearing a football top and turns around and says, "Oh, yeah, good team," or whatever, and you can start a conversation like that. And ten minutes later, you're still having a chat about players and football and goals scored and. You know, these conversations, this is what makes the game what it is. And this is what I love about football. It's just exciting, it's fun, it's just great, you know. But, yeah, it's going to be a great season. I think Arsenal this season, they they are going to, with Arteta back now, that's, a good, well, so I say back, with Arteta as the manager now, it's going to, he's going to show something, you know, I think he's going to show a little bit. And I think he might give us a little shock with Man City because he knows every single player in the Man City team. So he will be able to basically put one in Pep, really. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how that, how that all pans out, whether they start shouting at each other or something like that. Arteta and Pep, you know, it's the teacher versus the student. You know, and I'm always excited when it's like that because you just don't know what the outcome is. Normally, the teachers always got the better, but sometimes the students do surprise. Um, so yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. And then, um, well, you know, we got the relegation battles, and then we got the likes of, um, you know, the Champions League places still up for grabs. Are oh, Manchester United going to be able to get that Champions League spot? You know, that's another team in itself. They got, they've got a lot of issues within that team in terms of big players not performing. You know, Paul Pogba notably being one of them who hasn't performed to the regular standards that you would expect from a Manchester United player, and that's a quite a shame because he's one of them guys that normally shows his talents and shows his skills where it's required, but he hasn't actually delivered this season, and it's a bit of a shame. But there could be a number of reasons there, and I think one of the reasons are that he, he's not been shown the love that he would want, you know. And I think also, um, Oli, Oli Solskjaer has um, kind of like, I think he's lost lost the battle with him, you know. I don't think he's he's not getting to get what he wants from him, so he's probably better off letting go of him. Um, so yeah, that's another one, you know. I mean, Rashford is again, he's itching to go. You've got the likes of Lingard. You know, you've got several players in that team that are really good performers. Fernandes, he's a, he's a great little sign. I tell you what, when he's on the ball, I like it. I, I like watching him on the ball. I'm, I usually don't say that about United players, but he's one player that I would say that. When he's on the ball, he looks good. And you've still got the likes of Mata, you know, who can come in and chip in on the odd goals. And then you've got... Um, you got the you know the defense is great as well you know you got some great players there you know that will always perform at a high level so it's going to be interesting it's going to be great to watch what happens there as well um, notably like the other the team that surprised me the most has been Tottenham with Mourinho there I would have thought that they would have kicked on a bit 
but I think they've just lacked it. I don't, I don't know why, but it just seems like Mourinho hasn't quite got what it takes to be a top-level manager anymore. Um, some people might disagree with me here, but I'm thinking, am I, am I onto something here? You know, Mourinho, has Mourinho finally realised that he's not the guy that he thought he was? And he should just probably go to Portugal and continue his trade here because the Premier League is not quite where he's at anymore. And his style of football doesn't suit the Premier League. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking that it's it's not really working in, in Tottenham at the moment. Could prove me wrong, but at the moment I've not seen anything different from what I saw when he was at United. Um, and again, at United, he didn't really um, produce what I what we all expected. He had that one season where he won the um, the the cup, European Cup, not the you know, UEFA Cup or whatever it was that he won. Um, Europa League, sorry. But other than that, I don't think he's done anything else, you know. And again, that's just... Uh, he lost the dressing room and he lost the board and before you know it, he got sacked and, you know, and it was just... It was a very dim moment for him, I think. I think that's probably the worst I've seen of Mourinho in my, you know, entire football... F career really um, watching Mourinho like that it, just, it was a bit sad to see but at the same time sometimes I think that it's um, it's good for these managers to see the other side because uh, I do feel that sometimes he thinks he's much better than everyone else and I remember that that press conference when he come out and said he's won you know so and so and the rest have only won that many between them and I can't remember the exact figures now, but it was kind of funny watching that reaction and he walked off. It was like, <laughs> I can't believe he did that. It's embarrassing for everyone else. It was embarrassing for me to watch him do that because I think that's not very professional in my opinion. But hey, you know what? The arrogance of the man, I'll give it to him. But yeah, we're going to be having a chat with Bav and Hussein um, at some stage today. Um and it will be at separate times, but yeah, this this podcast is obviously going to be a great one. And um, what I want to try and do for you guys, the listeners out there, is I want you guys to to feel what I'm feeling, the excitement. You know, it's just can't believe it. It's just gonna. Ha it's actually gonna happen. This is not. You know, I at one point thought that that's it. The league is going to be gone, we're not going to have any more football, they're going to null and void the league season, and it was just like, all dim, and all of a sudden, you know, the Premier League have agreed to start the season up again, right, so it's a little bit later, and um, usually most players are having their time off at this time of the year, but hey, you know what, they're playing football now, and I'm telling you something, most of these players are really, really glad to be back out. And playing football, yes, there's going to be no crowd, and there's not going to be no fans out there. Me myself, you know, I'm normally going out there watching football as well, um, and I was going, I'll go to um, the London Stadium to watch West Ham play, and it is a bit sad for me not to be able to go and watch a live match, but unfortunately, it's not not what um, what we can do right now, and we have to just deal with it in a different way. But I'm excited, though, nevertheless that. Sky Sports and um, all the other channels, BT Sports, Sky Sports, even the terrestrial channels, the ITV, BBC, they're all getting involved. They're all going to be showing matches and there's going to be pretty much a lot of games covered. So we're not going to have to worry about watching matches of the day. We can just watch them all live now. So it's going to be great to watch and great fun. And yep, yeah, looking forward to speaking to our guests today as well. 
and um, be right back after the short break. Okay, welcome back, guys. Uh, welcome back to Raz's football show. I've got my live guest on show right now. My brother Hussein is here right now, live with us. And well, the question I'm going to ask him right now in front of everyone is How excited are you, Hussein, for football to be back? Over I to you. I'm very excited. Uh, being a Liverpool fan, it's a good season for us. It's a season that we wanted to finish. Sounds selfish, I know, but we deserved it. Uh, I believe February was probably the earliest anyone's probably won a league. We pretty much had won it. I know not mathematically, but we did win it. So yeah, really excited. Really, really excited. What's, what's the one thing that you're looking forward to the most? Apart from obviously Liverpool winning the league, are you looking forward to watching anything in particular? Any games that are sticking out? Well... Besides, obviously, us winning the league, um, I'd say the race for top four. I think um, it's probably been the best I've seen it in quite a few years. I think we've got about five or six teams in it still, including outsiders like Sheffield United, Wolves, maybe. Uh, we're going, we're talking small clubs to the biggest uh, with teams like Man United still in it. And... Um, yeah, it's it's probably the tightest I've seen that. So I think that's going to go all the way. So that'll be interesting to see. Because I think Liverpool winning the league will probably be wrapped up within the first or the second game. So there's not much else to watch after that, I'll be honest. Um, I, I say that with a smile. Indeed, I can see that. I mean, I'm quite surprised at saying that you haven't said uh, the uh, Merseyside derby. I mean, that's a big game to watch, no? It is. And it's the first game back as well. It is and it is isn't if that makes sense it used to be it's a big game but i think us liverpool fans find that game pretty much pretty much normal now i think we're expected to win it would be lovely to win the title there um but they've got bigger issues and there is a twist though this season right with obviously goodison park not being goodison park with the crowd surely liverpool must favor this one even more now because obviously we're playing away, but we're not really playing away now. And it's probably likewise with most teams now who are playing away. No? I think that's probably the biggest biggest loss for every home team, I think. Obviously, um, the crowd has no influence. You've not got the atmosphere. Anfield usually would. Um, we would struggle as a team, I think, or, uh, to a certain extent, because we depend on our crowd to create an atmosphere, to win games. But thankfully, we're past that. So I think we, we would be able to see ourselves through the finishing line without worrying about um, the fans not creating the atmosphere. Of course, we'll miss them, I think, obviously, as a team. but um, And the fans obviously do, like I would. Um, but I think, I think what's going to happen is the teams with the better quality footballers, the ones that are naturally talented. Um, so we're talking about your, you know, your Chelsea's, your, your Man City's. Um, even Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham even, all of these teams will probably be the ones that are going to do well because as a squad, um, they will have the players that are naturally talented so they'll have a moment of brilliance and win you a game. I think the teams that depend on atmospheres like like Wolves at the Molyneux, like Sheffield United, at, um, is it Bramall Lane? I don't know where they are. Um, I forget where they are now. But um, And all those other, the, the, the smaller teams, even... Everton, I'm going to call the small team at Goodison Park, would struggle because they don't, they can't create the atmosphere. 
It's sad. It's a bit harsh for saying to call Everton a small team. They're a, they're a small team. They're the smallest team in Liverpool. Um. Yeah. Well. In Merseyside, anyway. So. Yeah. Well, Premier Rovers. Yeah. Well. Well. Premier League team. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think the the atmosphere won't be the same. I think it's going to be a really strange end to the season, but nevertheless, we look forward to it. Well, uh, for me, I mean, at the end of the day, when you're playing father side football or when you're uh, playing eleven aside in the park, there's no crowds playing. But when you're a footballer and you're playing football and you're out there kicking the ball, the crowd noise just goes. You can't hear it. You just can't hear what's going around apart from what's going going on on the pitch and I think what's going to happen with the crowds I mean that's they are not there so we have to forget about them as players they will have to forget about them and just concentrate on the game the referees probably going to be like a little bit it's probably better for the refs because they won't be getting slagged off most of the time and then you've got the you know the goalkeepers and the well, people that see the crowds more than the players that are running around goalkeepers don't forget they I think stood still I mean as much as that some of that is true. I think the referees can be less influenced by crowd noise and things like that. Not that they would be, but there is always an element of, you know, a reaction from the crowd that can let referees make sometimes incorrect decisions. I know VAR has changed all of that um, to a certain extent. But I think more importantly, it's players do feed off the crowd's energy, the atmosphere. So I kind of disagree. So I kind of think that the players may not able to play at 100%. I think we're going to get players playing at maybe 80 or 90 and, but 80 or 90% of money is a lot better than 80 or 90% of, I don't know, someone like uh, Raul Jimenez, for example. Or, you know, the, the a great player he is, but him at 80, 90% is not as good as Mane at 80, 90% in my opinion. Or, uh, or Firmino, for example. Um, and some, especially some of, the, some of the lower team players, um, you know, Josh King or, you know, these Bournemouth players that... Generally, because of atmosphere and 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 um, the crowd behind them, they will just play that extra bit harder. Troy Deeney, for example, we we know he's um he's a difficult player to play against. Bit of a crowd pleaser, but no? he is a crowd pleaser. He gets the crowd going just by his pushing, his tugging, his his um and the, the more the crowd enjoys it, and and the more he get pushes on, I think, and he he finds that extra extra bit of a push. And I think when that's not there, these teams will struggle, in my opinion. The better teams, um, with the, sorry, the better teams with better players, will always have a player that can just a moment of magic, like we've said before. Um, Agueros, like you mentioned earlier on in your podcast, you mentioned um, we we talk about um, Bernardo Silva, talented David Silvers. We got Salah, we got Firmino, Mane, all of these great, fantastic forwards who would always produce regardless of the crowd's reaction. So I think that's that's the ultimate difference. And obviously the extra subs and things like that, that, that is added a new dimension to it. I know you mentioned that earlier. Again, I'd, I'd, I'd say that's, um, that's a, con- um, uh, a very controversial issue. I think there's certain managers, like I think it's Sheffield United manager um, and a couple of other teams with um, smaller squads that are not, not happy with it. And I think they voted against it. Because I think it goes in favour of the big clubs. And I do agree, actually. It does go in favour of the big clubs. The big clubs have a bigger squad, better players. And if they get to make five changes, it's a much more um, uh, bigger impact for them than a, a smaller club like Sheffield United, who depend on the tired legs of some of these players from the opposition. And they can 
they can take advantage of that. But now that you know Man City can bring on Mares, Sterling, um, or Sane, or some players like that off the bench, three, four of them, towards the end of the game, that's that's going to change everything. And I think that 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 gives the the smaller clubs a far lesser chance, or, or the weaker squads far lesser chance. So I think that's a disadvantage. That is a disadvantage. I mean, the thing for me, uh, Hussein, this is the one good thing about having football back. I think I'd rather have a 50% money. I mean, not that we're going to get a 50% money, but I'd rather get 50% money than no money at all. That's the fact of it. At the oh, moment, I just want any football back. That right goes now. without saying. I think, of course, that goes without saying. We want any football at the moment. Nothing, uh, even the players want that, really. To, to we've be been watching German football behaving like. Bundesliga fans because we're so desperate for football no one really cares about that league let's be honest um, but we've we've been desperate I, I know you and I have um, we've been sitting at home and when the first game came on we didn't even know their names and we were watching that game it was Dortmund versus some Union Berlin or some Something random there, team yeah. and we were like, all cheering these teams on because we're that desperate football is a big part of the culture in this country of course and I think it's a big part of our lives and I've we, we do feel a bit lost without it it feels like there's a gap um, I know fans that whose teams aren't doing so well probably enjoying not being disappointed every week, but unfortunately we're not those fans this year. Um, being a Liverpool fan, this is the one year where I look forward to that game every week uh, because it's going to be one step closer to the title, and I believe we'll do it next year as well, hopefully, or at least push for the title. So I believe that Liverpool will win the title for the next three years in a row. To be honest, as long as we keep, uh, they Ooh, keep. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. I think that's a bit. That's a bit ambitious to say next two. How many? How many did you say? Three, three years? years. Three years now. That's uh, there's very few. As clubs. long as Klopp is there. Oh, Klopp will. Regardless of, I think doing it three, doing it two years in a row is a. I mean, Man City. This great Man City team could not do three years in a row. They just about did two. I think Man City was with, a great team. I agree, but I think the, f- the first few times they won it, it was like they were given it. First two times. Oh, are you talking about under Pep or? Just generally, well, the the second time they weren't given it. We pushed them all the way. I think we gave we. They, I mean, they, I don't they think they've given it to a certain degree. Let's be honest. The, Liverpool should have won that one as well comfortably, but the the blips that they had in the couple of draws that they had where they should but, have won. I mean, it was. I mean, I've not. I don't remember a team losing a title with ninety seven points ever no, before. I don't remember that. So either. I mean, that that says a lot about Man City than it does about Liverpool. I mean, at ninety seven points, you would have thought it's our record tally, one of the yeah. highest league um, points, and we. We lost the title by one point. So they must have been phenomenal to go on a phenomenal run. And they did. And that is hard. So if Liverpool were to do two in a row, I would be very happy with that. I would be over the moon. I would probably put Klopp in a category of elite managers for Liverpool purely because in this day and age, to do that is very hard. And doing three, well, you might as well put him in because in, in, he'll be in the Fergie category at least for in respect of winning three in a row. No one's done that. Even the great... Wenger didn't do that, so that's hard. Let's move on from Liverpool now because we know they've won the title. They've gone. They're done. Finished. Yeah. And we know that the top four is a t- is a bit of a challenge in itself as well. We know Man City is second, so the th- the top, f- the, the next three positions are going to be vital. Obviously, with Man City now maybe losing the the Champions League spot, there's one up for grabs. But I was going to just talk about the. The relegation battle, I mean, that's another situation that arrives throughout the whole of lockdown because obviously when the there was talks of the season being null and void, a lot of the bottom teams um, players were coming out and stating they didn't want to 
come back, didn't want to play. Um, there was a lot of talks about, you know, if it's null and void, it will probably be the best thing to happen. What was your thoughts on that? I mean, what do you think is going to happen in the relegation battle? I mean, who do you think is going to survive and who's going to go? Well, um, I think it's still early days. Um, well, I say early days. I mean, it's it's a third of the season. Well, a third of a season left. I think this would have been something like March. Yeah. Um, someone made a really good point once I I, I once I was um, looking into this. I was listening to something earlier on, and they mentioned that I think it was Leicester. Um, that were maybe at this stage of the season. They were going to get relegated. They were in the bottom three. So this was, I think, 2013-14 season. Then they went on a run and Ranieri kept them up. And the following season, they won the title. Yeah, that was so the, I know it's, it's a very extreme scenario and it's very rare that that happens. But the point I'm making here is that someone like a Bournemouth or a Villa who are sitting in that bottom three right now, who have the, have, have the, the players and the potential to survive, could they be that team that competes for top six or seven next season and get into Europe? Had they survived. Now, if they were to relegate them and not have completed the season, that would have been a really awful situation to be in, considering they had... I mean, we're looking at... I'm, 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 I'm looking at the teams involved in here, and we're talking from probably Newcastle onwards. Everyone's pretty much in threat. Even, well, 35 points to 27 of Bournemouth. There's about seven points between them, and... They probably play each other. We're I'm talking about three teams that are on 27 themselves. Bournemouth, who are in 18th. Watford, who is 17th. West Ham are 16th. And they're all sitting with 27 points. This is this is as tight as it gets at this stage of the season. My honest opinion, I mean, I think, let's be honest. Um, Norwich are gone. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult it, for them. It will be difficult for them. I think you're right. Because Aston Villa, they've got a game in hand as well. So, literally, they're going to be... If they win that game, let's just say. But but you never know. It's it's who who starts well. I think the key here is it's going to be a fresh start to the season. Yeah. It's going to be a well. It will feel like a fresh start, and whoever comes off the blocks the quickest. So because they don't have many games to recover, mm. so it's it's a matter of if you know if Norwich get a couple on the bounce and Villa have and Bournemouth struggle a little bit, Norwich put themselves straight back in it. It could do, but and I mean, it I sounds think it's strange. It sounds, it sounds uh, impossible. I think it was Brighton I was looking at who had some very, very difficult fixtures, and I thought to myself, if they're on twenty-seven points, I think they're gonna, they're gonna struggle, they, they, because I think they were playing. If I remember correctly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just double check this because I think, my, uh, just in case I've not, I've not remembered this correctly, but I think they play Arsenal, they play Leicester away, they play Man United. They play Norwich, who's going to be obviously competing with them. And then they've got Liverpool. That's their next five games. Out of those, four of them are against the top five teams in the league. I think West Ham is going to struggle. Or in the top six, seven in the league or somewhere, somewhere along those lines. So, I, I see Brighton getting relegated, if I'm honest with you. Because I can't see them beating Arsenal. I can't see them beating Leicester. I can't see... Well, they might be Man United. They're not the greatest. <laughs> Um, but I can't see them beating Liverpool either. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's gonna get very, very interesting. Is what my point is here. Um, I think um, everyone's got a bit of a chance. Even Norwich. I'm not gonna rule them out because it's because of this gap. The momentum has gone now. The Norwich could start like and behave like it's a, the start of the season. I think they had a good start. 
um, earlier in the season. Won so for, they won like five or six games or something, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so they didn't do too badly initially, and 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 they and just Pukie just had a drought. Yeah, that yeah, was it. exactly. So I think, well, he could he could hit the ground running again. He gets they get a few in the bounce, and suddenly the pressure's on Villa, Bournemouth, and Brighton. Everything changes. West Ham. West Ham is another one. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. It's going to be interesting. And um, the most exciting thing about it all is that the games come so quick and fast that you just don't know. I mean, it's going to be very difficult to see whose energy levels are going to be high, who's, who's, going, to be, who's going to be able to survive this situation. Because at the end of the day, it's not normal for teams to be playing Every couple of games. I mean, it's just not normal. That's not. We only have that period in um, I mean, December. We, I will. Uh, one more thing we didn't mention. I think is we were forgetting that a lot of the teams back in March had a lot of players injured. I yes. go to the Tottenham example. The reason why this top four race is getting so interesting. I kind of ruled them out because I felt he hasn't got Kane. He's not going to have Son. It's going to be difficult for him. But Kane's back. Son's back. All of a sudden, he's got a proper squad and he's had a bit of time with them. Albeit in lockdown, but he's had some time to you know get some gym work done, get some people's fitnesses up. Now he's got a full fit squad. He, uh, by he I mean Mourinho, he has got a squad that could potentially push all the others for that top four spot. So and and I'm I'm sure there's other teams as well um, that have got similar. Man United, Marcus Rashford, he was out. He wasn't going to play much of this season. Now look, and what. Great thing he's been doing off the pitch as well today, actually, having heard um, him really pushing for the U10 uh, from the government on, on school dinners. That was, a, that was a great gesture by him. So I think that was great. Uh, but yeah, no, another player who had a back injury and he's back. He's available. All he's got, he's one of his main strikers back. So that's a big thing. I think that makes all of them much more harder to play against. And that makes it ever so harder for teams like Sheffield United and Wolves. That's uh, what I feel I sorry for. What what's what's exciting me is it's basically like a new season, isn't it? It is a new se- it's a mini season. It's like a what you described season. earlier, which is like a, a a mini tournament, a little World Cup, yeah. a game every couple of days, and it's a super league of um like maybe twenty teams all at once. But I'm gonna ignore some of the um some of the uh, mid table teams who have very little to play for, but there's not many mid table teams at the moment. Some are caught oh, like in the, the Crystal Palaces, <laughs> like the Crystal Palaces. Uh, I don't. I. I mean. I think even them. I think they. They're comfortable at the moment. But you never know. They could get roped in. Um. It could be interesting. Um. I call. I call teams like that the teams that have absolutely nothing to play for. And I'm. I'm not saying this in. A, they're kind of safe. You're right. They're thirty nine points. They're relatively safe. They would have to go for a really bad bad um drought of games to get dragged into a relegation battle. But they're not really. I mean, to be fair, they got thirty nine points, and they're not. They're only five, six points off top four or top five. But do I see them? I mean, it would be, I mean, it would be amazing. It would be really, really funny and interesting if teams like Crystal Palace and Sheffield United and Wolves, because of the circumstances, everyone gets off the ball quicker. They all end up in five, six, she- seven. Sheffield United look like they're going to get the Champions League position. I'm sorry to you say You say that, that, but I mean, they might not. Because we don't know how they will start. What if Palace have a better start? What if Burnley have a better start? So um, it, it could go either way. Um, 
I mean, I don't expect it. Don't get me wrong. I don't expect any expect of the. It. I don't expect any of the smaller teams to do it. I, I don't even expect Sheffield United. Now I think they will struggle because they've lost momentum. It's it's, it's actually we never know. We, uh, literally, you're right in what you're saying. We just don't know what's going to happen, and that's that's the exciting thing about it. But the best thing about this league this season and the way it's all going to start off again is the fact that we're going to have more games than usual. We're going to have a lot more football to watch. We've got a whole choice of football now. We can not only the Premier League. You're forgetting the fact that there's like La Liga's already started. Um, the Serie A. Um, obviously we've been watching the Bundesliga, Liga. Um, and these the French. I just don't understand why they cancelled their league. Now they must be kicking themselves. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. I think um, and, it's and it's strange that they done that. They a little premature, I'd say. And um, I mean they took safe. They took. They, they obviously I mean does it doesn't matter the French league I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit that's what they probably thought here, if I'm honest with yeah. you they probably thought our league ain't the most important league in the world it does, it's and not they don't very bring exciting. them enough TV I, revenue to warrant it being you know I, with the Covid not, situation so they yeah. probably cut it off but if I'm honest with you same as the Dutch league they you know the Eredivisie they, they got rid of that and I think that was no one watches right it no one cares uh, to be honest with PSG were going to win the French league either way they were 12 points clear um it's not a big deal. I mean, Scotland's very an exciting one because they still wanted it back, but I think even that being concluded was the right choice. And I think that, in my opinion, Celtic were always going to win it. They were quite a, quite a way away now. Um, you know, Rangers gave them a good good little um, run for their money, but unfortunately, I think Celtic showed the true colours. Maybe next season, Rangers can come up. But right now, for me, I think Celtic won that anyway so it was the right thing to do again and Scotland are taking their whole um, this whole approach to COVID-19 a lot more serious than we are over here in England mm-hmm. which is fair enough I mean you know fair play to them if they want to be you know secure and they want to be more you know alert and vigilant about the whole COVID-19 then so be it but going back to football um, it's going to be great I mean the summer's out now we've never watched football in this sort of heat Apart not, from the World Cup, not Premier League, and not probably and, and I think the last tournament we had in the UK. Well, to be fair, we were going to have the Euros, and um, it was going to. Uh, I I I think I read there was going to be plenty of games being played at Wembley. Yeah, there was. Um, so I was. I'm a little disappointed about that. If I'm honest with you, I was um, looking forward to having a football atmosphere this year. Um, well, we got it now. But we've got it. But if if I'm honest, it's not the football atmosphere that we're looking for. It's going to be strange. I I care not. We're going to win the title. Um, sorry, I sound really one-track-minded. I sound like I don't care about anything else. But I really don't. Um, but listen, um, I've not seen Liverpool uh, win the title in the days that I can remember anyway of football. Um, I was very young when they had won the last titles 30-odd years ago. And um, I'm just excited to be able to say we are champions of England. Well, it's going to be great, Hussein. Thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been great, great fun chatting to you and getting to know about what you think is going to happen in the league. Thank you for having me. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Um, and hope to hear from you again next week. Will do. Will do. You Thank you care. very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. That was Hussein. Um, obviously, he's shared a lot of views with us today and um, he's really excited, as you can see. You know, I think he's probably going to be running off to Liverpool for the parade. <laughs> but yeah, um, it is what it is. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, and yes, yeah, keep at it. We're going to be back after the break with Bath.
Hi, welcome back to the show, guys. Um, I've got my friend Brav on the line now. He's um, in America right now in Washington, D.C. Yeah, and here we go with the conversation with Brav. Good evening, Brav. How are you doing today? It's Raz from Raz's Football Show. Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, how's your day been so far? Great? It's good, yeah. I was uh, just watching the uh, first half of the Barcelona game and uh, that boy Ansu Fati, man, that kid can play. I don't know if you saw the first goal, but it looked pretty good. Wow, wow, wow. I haven't watched any of it, if I'm honest with you. So, um, just so excited to get Premier League back at the moment. I'm just not even focused on the fact that um, Bundesliga has been won by Bayern Munich as well, just being told. So, yeah, it's all happening and, yeah, excited about football. What about yourself? Yeah, man, uh, I'm loving it right now. I mean, uh, as you know, over here in the US, we get probably a little better coverage than what you get in the UK. So, I get to see Bundesliga, I get to see Serie A, I get to see La Liga and obviously uh, Premier League, which kicks off tomorrow. So, uh, you know, it should, should be fireworks in that Man City-Arsenal game. And uh, for once, you know, Arsenal actually have a chance, you know. Everyone's fit, so let's see if we can actually make a game out of it. Well, I, I personally think that if anyone's got a chance, it's Arsenal, because... Um, Purely because of the fact that Arteta knows every single player in that Man City team. He knows their weaknesses. He's been training them like half of the season. So he should know, if anything, he should know what to do and how to play against them. What do you think? Yeah, no, no, I think so. And, you know, if, if anything, they're going to attack the left fullback, whether it's, you know, Mendy or Zinchenko. That's the weakness in that team. Wow, I never thought of that, Bav. That's a great point, actually. That's a great yeah. shout. Yeah, um, and what do you think about Sterling? Is he going to be in form? Because he was a bit off at the end, towards the end, wasn't he? Yeah, but, you know, that's, you know, Pep Guardiola being Pep Guardiola, just, you know, rotating things around, you know, like, he played Riyad Mahrez probably a lot more than he played Sterling for the last, I don't know, five to six games. And um, now the benefit for Man City is, you know, he's got those five subs that he can use, and that's actually perfect for Guardiola. He actually may get some consistency for once in his first 11 no that's true I mean that, that, he does need to do that and with the five subs though I think it might work in Man City's favour though because um, they got a big squad probably a bigger squad than most teams so they can actually change it when they need to and make some wholesale changes towards the game in towards like the latter stages of the game as well um, yeah I've, I mean you know most of those uh, Man City players that can't even get in the team would walk into most Premier League teams, probably besides Liverpool. Well, yeah, I mean, that's another conversation. Liverpool, I mean, winning the title in the next couple of weeks, right? I'm sorry, what was that, Raz? So they're going to win the title in the next couple of games? It, it, could, it could be in the second game. If, you know, I'm sure all Liverpool fans will be supporting Arsenal tomorrow. Uh, and, most definitely. You know, if, if it's a draw, then Liverpool will win the title at... Um, well, when they play, uh, what's it called, Everton, right? Everton, yeah. On, uh, yeah, I'm Sunday. not sure if the game's at Merseyside or uh, Goodison Park, but wherever it is, uh, <laughs> I think they can clinch it then. And if not, ironically, they'll play Man City the game after. So I, I see it happening in the second or third game for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say it's been quite a deserved um, a win for them because, well, landslide win. 25 points ahead and all the rest of it, so... I think they deserved it. And it would have been a shame if the season just went 
null and void after all that, no? Regardless, even if it was null and void, I'm sure the Premier League would have done the right thing and still given Liverpool the title. You know, the the thing that makes me um, surprised is about uh, France and how they decided to call the season off. And um, again, in Eredivision, in um, in Holland, uh, Dutch football, they just decided that, you know, in the Netherlands to cancel their league. I mean, do you think that was the right call from them or do you think that... I think it's hard to say, right? Initially, it looked like it was the right decision, but then... If you look back at it, it was more of a knee-jerk reaction. And, you know, just the fact that both respective countries, well, I'm not sure about Holland itself, but France is opening their border up to selective countries. So, you know, I just don't see why they didn't play the games behind closed doors, just like, you know, the other three or four league, three or four major leagues are doing, you know. I think it was probably because of the fact. I mean, this is just my um, my conversation I had with Hussein earlier on as well. And it was kind of like, well, French League, it was done and dusted with PSG going to win it anyway. Um, yeah. And obviously their TV coverage with all the games are not as big as the Premier League. And again, the same with um, Netherlands. You know, their, their football is not as widely covered as ours is. Yeah, Apart from Ajax and, you know, PSV, is there any other teams that are even probably considered anywhere else in Europe? Not really. So for them, it was more of a case of maybe just like, let's call it a, a day now and let's just like cancel and avoid the season and we'll start again the season after. And I think that's probably what they made. And that was their decision with Belgium as well, no? Yeah, I mean, you, you have a valid point, but think of it from a scouting perspective, right? With all the restrictions that have been in place for the past, what, 10, 11, 12 weeks, those scouts from each respective team have not had the opportunity to go, you know, and scout whatever player it is from, you know, Vitesse Arnhem or Lyon or, you know, Club Rouge or whomever it was. So at least if they played, they could have actually seen some of these games on TV. And by doing that, some of these players who may have had actually, you know, semi-decent or close to outstanding seasons that were not necessarily on the cusp of the, you know, big clubs watching them, but, you know, then you've got like the secondary tier of teams like, you know, the Atletico Madrid of the world and, you know, the Man United, etc. Those sort of teams would obviously buy those type of players and then sell them on to the bigger clubs. So some of those players may have missed opportunities and obviously their values have probably shrunk 60, 70%. I can't think of a player that off the top of my head that I would say, you know, would come into that category, but there are some players out there. Okay, I guess for Ajax, they, they did the right thing by getting rid of Hakim Zayesh when they did, right? Yeah, and I think it looks like Donny van der Beek is next, and they've got a couple other players, but, you know, that squad has more or less been dismantled from, you know, the past few years. Well, yeah, I mean, they got lucky, I guess, who, um, because they could have lost a lot more money, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, all these teams are bleeding financially, but then again, you know, a lot of these uh, uh, football team owners are, you know, millionaires and billionaires, so I'm not sure if it's really, you know, affecting them as much as they make out. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the other thing, you know, where is the money going? I mean, if they're selling players... Why are they not investing that money back into the club? And yeah. what are they doing with the money? That's another question. But I guess, you know, it's only the, those answers can only come from the boards and directors of football clubs themselves. And us. Yeah, and, and, and recently, 
recently I just, you know, got involved in, you know, the stock market and IX is actually on the uh, Dutch stock exchange and their stock isn't doing that well. And, you know, obviously the stock price is a good indicator of, you know, financially how the club's being run. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of question marks out there, but, you know, selling someone like Donny van der Beek, you know, will help them. And it seems like it's maybe Real Madrid or Man United that are the final two teams interested. So, you know, I know... You know, I'd love to have someone like Donny van der Beek at Arsenal. I think it'd, it'd fit in perfectly. Well, I think you should. someone should speak to Arteta and tell him to start making moves. He needs someone like that desperately right now. Yeah, but who knows? There's, you know, too much uncertainty, too much, you know, just, you know, even here in the US, they're talking about the second wave of COVID already being here. So, you know, it's, fingers crossed all these you know, remaining uh, games in each respective league actually get played out. But don't be surprised if things are scrapped altogether after, you know, fourth or fifth game. Well, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, so far, so good from what I see. I mean, they've got their precautions taking place well. I mean, things are looking a little bit better outside in the public eye as well. I mean, going past shops and stuff, they've opened their doors now and things are looking a little bit better. And I think... The most important thing for me is right now just getting things back to normality and I'm just glad that football's back because what's more important than having football back on our TV sets, you know, and watching the the game that we love, you know, and just getting to watch some goals for once, you know, it's been a long yeah. time. What's your uh, typical, uh, I guess, weekend schedule like over there in terms of how you get to watch football matches? A typical one, there's going to be, uh, uh, from what I've been told, this is all going to change now. It's going to be like watching World Cup, isn't it? So it's going to be like a game, at, I think they said something about 6 o'clock and another game at 7.30 or uh, 8 o'clock or whatever it is. So it's going to be like two different clubs playing, two diff- like, you know, four clubs playing at two different times. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like nothing's been set. I haven't really looked at the fixtures properly myself, if I'm honest with you, because... A lot of it's going to be a bit disturbance in terms of my um, schedules and my um, my work plan, so it's not um, ideal. But I'll try and I'll try and get in get involved and watch as many games as possible. The one I am looking forward to, however, is the uh, the first one back, which is the Man City and Arsenal game. I'm I'm really excited about that one, and I'm I've, I'm expecting fireworks, Bav. Yeah, well, Sergio Aguero. Have I lost you? Um, I've got Obama Yang as well. Um, I, I, I think tomorrow could be a high-scoring game. I'm, I'm predicting 4-3 Arsenal. Uh, I, I'm predicting that something crazy like that as well. It's going to be a high-scoring game. The fact that it's irrelevant who's playing at home makes it a little bit more challenging, to be honest, because you just don't know where it's going to go now, is it? And I think Arsenal, especially with the new manager... I, I think you got you guys are gonna go you're gonna go for it, aren't you really? Because you've got nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. You know, I mean the, you know, the rest of the games that are left are basically cup finals for us. Exactly. You know, honestly I I would love to see us make the Champions League but I, I just think it's too big of a gap. Um what Leicester are on what, fifty three points if I'm not mistaken, and Arsenal's on forty. So I I just don't see Leicester losing five games in order for Arsenal to jump above them. And um, what well, well, top three right now is more or less set in my opinion, and then that fourth spot is between what Chelsea and Man United. I, I, I just don't see Leicester slipping up. 
But again, you don't know, you know, we don't know what the fitness levels are like. We don't know if these players are mentally prepared to actually go out and play. Yes, a lot of them have got no choice because if they don't play, it's breach of contract and they could have their contracts terminated. But, you know, it seems like everyone feels safe, but we don't know if it's, you know, a couple of individuals speaking on behalf of all the players or if all the players have actually had an opportunity to really voice their concerns. I know Troy Deeney, you know, had a bit of an issue a few weeks back and rightly so. And, you know, hopefully uh, everyone stays safe. But, you know, obviously with a lot more testing going on, there are players still testing positive for COVID-19. So I think someone from Norwich City tested positive a few days ago, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is still happening. There are people getting tested positive, but I think... The, the wide majority of players want to come back and play football. I think that's pretty evident you know, from what I've seen, you know, on on the television and you know just watching them go back out training. I mean, on the social media, most of the players come out and just made statements such as you know glad to be back in the training ground again and can't wait to get back and playing football matches. So I think it's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Bav, I know you got to go. I know you got a busy schedule ahead of you, so I'll I'll leave you to it. Thank I've you. Actually got about, I've actually got about 10 minutes to spare. Oh, brilliant. So you can tell us a little bit more, give us more of an insight on how how sports is like in America right now. Give us a bit of an insight. You you Yeah, it's it's uh it's very frustrating, you know. Um sports is a big contributor to the economy. You know, it's obviously, you know, everywhere. It's an opportunity for people to socialize. You know, go out with their mates, eat, drink, be merry. I personally don't drink, but, you know, anyone that likes to drink, you know, whether you're in a pub or at a fancy lounge or at a sports stadium, it's all the same because you've got, you know, people around you that you actually are used to hanging out with and care about. So, you know, obviously that's having a knock-on effect on, you know, people's uh, mental stability slash mental awareness. But, and the, the funny thing about the States is, you know, on any given night, typically you can watch two or three different sports, you know, Obviously, you've got the big four sports here. You've got, you know, football, meaning NFL football. Um, you've got yeah. basketball. You've got uh, hockey and baseball. Even today, there was talk about the baseball season could potentially get scrapped. If that happens, that's, you know, millions slash billions of dollars in lost revenue for all these teams and obviously, you know, all their vendors, especially like the liquor companies like Bud Light, Miller, etc. Yeah. So... It's frustrating, but, you know, there is actually an MLS tournament that they're having in Orlando. So that's due to start in a few weeks. So that, that could be interesting. Um, shout out to my friend Bill Hamid, who's the uh, goalie for DC United and one of the goalies for the US national team. So we could see him play. And, you know, a few others. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Inter Miami, Inter Miami are going to do. For those of you that don't know, that's one of the newest MLS franchises owned by David Beckham. Yeah. And there's talk that Luis Suarez could be one of his, you know, major signings in the off-season. Wow. So, who knows? Who knows? Messi could be on his way there as well. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure there will be a few players on the latter stages of their career would like to end it in Miami. I would definitely if I was a sportsman. Oh, yeah. Miami, LA, you know, there's a lot of good markets out here in the US. Obviously, the standard of football is not too great, to be very honest. Um, but, you know, sports are sports at the end of the day. You know, they, they, were showing reruns, they were showing reruns of like the 1980s and 1990s 
you know, basketball games and NFL games and, you know, it's just refreshing to see some of the old school stuff. Yeah. You know, just like as, you know, we would go on YouTube and watch like, you know, World Cup highlights or, you know, Arsenal's unbeaten season or Liverpool's five Champions League wins or whatever it may be. You know, there's so much in the archives and when you go back and look back at some of the history, you truly appreciate what each respective sport is about and what certain players have done for the game. No, absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, that's this is the the thing that's kept most people going throughout this whole lockdown, I think, is just going back to watching some of the old archived um, matches and uh, the old archived... Um, you know, I'm, I, I was doing a lot of watching some of um, the old fights from Muhammad Ali and um, watching yeah. some of the old Formula One races, for example, and just, like, watching some of the old Arsenal-Man United matches because they were absolutely... Um, Electrifying some of them. There were like a lot of um, a lot of fights happening in those fights. That's for sure. Oh yeah, back in the day when it was like you know Keon yeah. against uh, Van Nistelrooy, and then you know Vieira versus Roy Keane. I mean, you're not going to see players like Roy Keane and Vieira. Those were a unique type of grafting midfielders. You're just not going to see them anymore. You know the thing I watched the other day, which made me absolutely laugh. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe I actually saw that live on TV at the time as well. It was when Luis Suarez um, bit Ivanovic on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, he bit a few people in his time. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, it still shocks me to this day that I can't believe he did that. And I think he was obviously you know, orchestrating a move out. But, whoa, that was a bit crazy, a bit um, out of the ordinary, I must admit. Man, if, if Arsenal had Luis Suarez... How different could things be? Over, over, what was it? Over a pound, Liverpool got disrespected, apparently. Well, Come yeah, on, man. They, they offered a pound, in it? 40 million and a pound or something, right? Yeah. And what was the uh, clause in his contract? 40 million. So, what, I, what was the issue? I'm, 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 what am I missing here? What I, is, Arsenal but, offered the asking price plus a pound, correct? That's what their problem was. They could have just said, all right, we'll give you 50 million or 45 million. But they said a pound. Just to just to make it like okay, we've got over the line by a pound, and it was just I think it was a little bit tongue in cheek, if I'm honest with you, and it was um yeah. just it wasn't nice. It, it left a bit of feeling with with Liverpool, and I think they just felt no, we'd rather sell it to someone else. And then in the end, they sold him to um they stuck to their guns and sold him to Barcelona. And I think for Suarez, it's worked out wonderfully. Look, he's done what eight magnificent years there. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on uh, the Premier League? Who's who's finishing? I mean, we obviously know you're a Liverpool fan, so we know that Liverpool will finish first. What's your opinion on second, third and fourth? And then I guess who may qualify for the Europa League? Oh, yeah. Well, we all know that Liverpool's obviously going to win the league, right? That's done. Forget That's conversation's done. Second, second is obviously Man City again. They're just too far away from everyone else. And then I think Leicester will be third. But hold on, hold on. Man City and Leicester, isn't it? What is it? Four, five, six points, the difference? It's, it's not that much. It's, no, it's more than that. I'm pretty sure it's more than that. Because because what if Man City, let's say they get to the semi-final of the Champions League, they may decide, oh, hold on, we're not going to field, you know, Aguero, De Bruyne, Laporte, Mares, you know, Fernandinho, yeah. etc. They'll put in their B team, which, don't get me wrong, their B team is very good as well. 
But their focus may just be on, you know what, win the final four now of the Champions League, let's go for it. Yeah, you're right. They, they, may not, they may not have a better chance. That You're, you're probably right, because they, they're not looking to be in the Champions League next season. So that is a possibility. But you know what, if I'm honest with you, mate, um, Leicester are one of them teams, I don't, and, and I think just Brenda, Brendan Rodgers, he's one of them managers, towards the end he just fizzles away. The only thing that's in his side right now is this is like a new season. So he might just, you know, full throttle to the end again. But he, if it was a normal season, by the end of it, he's normally, you know, his mind works wonders like and starts wandering off into different ideas and stuff and he messes up, you know, when he starts tinkering with teams and stuff. He did that at Liverpool and that's probably why he lost the title in 2013 and, he, and with Leicester, I see him doing that as well. So... I don't think Leicester's a threat to any team with Brendan Rodgers there. I'm not being bad. I just don't think he's that manager to take it to the end, cross the line. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at the table on my phone, right? So Liverpool, 82 points. Man City, 57. If they win their game in hand, you know, so right now they're four points clear of Leicester. They could be seven points clear. However, Arsenal's currently ninth. If they win their game in hand, which is technically against Man City, Arsenal could go sixth. Wow. So then that fourth space really could be open between Chelsea, Man United and Arsenal. I mean, it'd be a nice story for Sheffield United to get in the top four, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, Wolves, um, again, good team, good manager, good core of Portuguese players. I don't see it happening. Tottenham, you know my thoughts on that. I don't really care to discuss Tottenham anyway. I don't Um, think Tottenham would... um... I, don't, I just don't think it's worked for him this season, Bav. I think with yeah. Jose Mourinho coming in, he started off a little bit like, yeah, you know, he's going to be a changed man, a bit more calculated in the way. And then towards halfway through, he just came back to being old um, Jose Mourinho, you know, typical Mona yeah. and started doing his usual. And it's, it's going to turn sour there because the board ain't going to appreciate that. They're trying to go for big things now, Tottenham. And with a whinging manager that Mourinho is, if he doesn't go his way, he starts kicking and fussing and kicking off with people. And he loses teams, he loses boards. And I don't see Harry Kane hanging about because he's not the kind of player that's going to stick around with, with that sort of attitude, you know. And Harry Kane is quite a big person, a big personality at Tottenham. And if, if Harry Kane's getting disturbed... They'll get rid of the manager. Let me tell you this. Now. So, where, where, so where do you, what do you think is a realistic destination for Harry Kane? Should he be sold for allegedly one hundred and fifty million pounds, which is absurd? Talent is there. He's a goal scorer, but he's injured quarter of each season. Yep. And I, I personally think, and this is my real, honest opinion, he shouldn't go anywhere. Because I tell you why. If he goes to another club. He's not going to be Mr. Important as he is right now at um, Tottenham, where everything's relied. Like Gerard, Gerard is regarded as probably the best player of his generation, right? In midfield, English player, let's just say, right? Yeah. Now, if he had gone to another club, yeah, he could have won a few titles, but how important was he for Liverpool? How big was he as a player and how much was he... You know, still regarded as a legend till this day, and that's what I see Harry Kane being that kind of player, the one that everyone looks up to. All the youngsters come, they go to Harry Kane. If he goes to another club, he's just going to be another person. And I think a couple of seasons, and he'll be like, okay. And what exactly what happened to Marco Lowen? You know, such a great talent, and in the end, he went to another club, 
And then he just went from club to club in India and he retired early and that was it. Forgotten. The only years yeah, you remember from Michael Owen was the Liverpool days, let's be honest. Yeah, but it comes down to the ambition of the player, right? And it looks like he has more ambition than the team that he's currently playing for. And could he go to Man United? Yeah, I think Man United would be seriously interested. But I don't see Man United being able to sign Jadon Sancho and Harry Kane. But think, if they had Jadon Sancho on the right, Rashford on the left and Kane down the middle, that would be a pretty frightening partnership. It would be a frightening partnership, but I just don't see it working that well. Yeah, and then you've got Fernandez in the middle. He's wicked. He's amazing. He's a brilliant player. But I think for Harry Kane right now, he needs to just stay put. He just needs to... I, I, I think Harry Kane could probably do well at uh, Barcelona Madrid. You know, Luis Suarez is going to have to be replaced, right? They're talking about Lauturo Martinez. I do like Lauturo Martinez, but I don't think he's the right fit for Barcelona. And Karim Benzema, even at his age, he's still knocking goals in left, right and centre. But lately, he's, more, he's been more of an assist king, if anything. And then I think Harry Kane would be a perfect fit for uh, Real Madrid. Yeah. Or, or uh, athletic, assuming he can, assuming he can stay fit, right? Yeah. But even athletic, I think he'll stay fit in Spain more than he will in, in, in England because it's not as physical. So, yeah. And uh, the sun will help. You know, yeah, for, definitely. And I think for him, I think personally, the two clubs that he would suit his style of football will be Atletico Madrid and um, Real Madrid. The only two Madrid teams, and plus, because they're like, uh, how can I put it, a city, uh, a capital. Yeah, they're in Madrid, the capital of Spain. I think it makes probably a bit more sense for him to go to a city like um, Madrid. Um, and Barcelona, I think the way Barcelona play football and with Messi being there as well, I just don't see it working with Kane going to Barcelona. I think that won't work. So, yeah, no, definitely um, Madrid teams, definitely worth a go for him. Or he can yeah. even go a little bit further out and go Italy and go to Juventus, Inter. Yeah, I mean, there is there has been a lot of talk about Juventus and actually, yeah, I think, obviously Juventus have CR7, but, you know, CR7 is, you know, uh, he's going to retire in a year or two or eventually move to the US and play out here and make his uh, not necessarily make his money he's got enough money he'll just rebuild his brand yeah so yeah no, that's, that's what I think I think Kane if he's going to look to do something then he might as well go abroad and try to venture out there and I think Jadon Sancho unless he's coming to Liverpool he should stay at Dortmund yeah I think so you know, I, and I've, you know I've been watching a little bit of uh, the Bundesliga lately. Um, it's not a league that I typically watch, but obviously out of boredom, I've started watching. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I see a few flashes, but I just don't see the consistency. And yeah, he's young. So, you know, if, if you look at the $100 million valuation that they have, which is what, 75, 80-odd million in terms of euros, whoever signs him is looking to more or less sign him for a decade, right? Yeah. And the reality is, let's say he goes to Man United, he or Liverpool, after that point, he would have to be sold, what, between the age of 26 to 28 in order for those respective teams to recoup, what, 70, 80% of that transfer fee. And he, he could go downhill, because let's not forget, there's been a lot of English players that have come through the ranks that have been overhyped, overvalued, and, you know, injuries have generally decimated them or they just haven't lived up to expectations. Uh, I agree. I, I mean, yeah. I agree, but I think Sancho, from what I've seen him play, 
Um, and what I, I think he's a great talent, and I think that also um, that team, the way Dortmund play football, suits him. They play on the floor, they ping it about, and then he's got that freedom to run run past players and stuff. I think it works, and that's why I said that Liverpool could work for him. Whether we at Liverpool we've got a space for him, I don't know, but it can work. Um, and I don't see other teams being able to use him in that way, apart from Liverpool. I don't think there's any other team in the Premiership. Or maybe Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal don't have the money. Arsenal barely <laughs> has £50 million pounds to spend, which is super frustrating. So do we sell Lacazette, get about £45-50 million for him? Do we use Lacazette in a part exchange to get Thomas Partey, the holding midfielder? Um, honestly, I would, if I'm a, Arteta, I'm going to make a cheeky part exchange bid with a little bit of money and break the bank and try and get Koulibaly. That that will sort that defence out. Well, sort part of it out for a year, and then remember next year we've got William Saliba coming back. Oh, uh, he's on loan. Koulibaly. He's, I've been hearing stories that Liverpool are interested in buying Koulibaly. Imagine yeah, I mean a player of that quality. I'm, I'm sure every major team is interested, but you know, there's only going to be three teams that are going to be able to go and get Koulibaly. And that's probably Real Madrid, Barcelona and Liverpool. I disagree. So, you know, he's from Senegal, obviously, speaks French. I don't know if you know, but he bought a very, very expensive apartment in Paris. Doesn't mean he necessarily wants to live in Paris long term. That could be a possibility. But at the end of the day, maybe his family's in Paris. And, you know, just purely from an accessibility perspective, maybe he wants to be at a London club. Let's not forget Chelsea. I mean... You know, Chelsea just, they're about to close the deal on Timo Warner. And if they get Kai Hervats, that, that's, a, that's a very attractive proposition. A young upcoming team, young upcoming manager. Um, Chelsea is still an attractive proposition. And if you look, as far as London club goes, you know, Chelsea is the number one club in London. You know, I, I don't want to admit it, but it's fact. Um, number one club in, his, in, um, in, Lo in London at the moment with... Not the best history, so let's just put it that way. History speaks wonders, mate. I've always said that, and I'm going to stick by yeah. that. History, mate. All history. Right. Well, I guess, you know, in a few months we'll find out if uh, Bali stays put at Napoli, you know. But there's, there's, no, he's you know, not staying at Napoli. The, he's not staying yeah, at Napoli. Yeah, but the valuation something stupendous, like 100 million, right? But then again, you know what? You guys paid, what, 70-odd million for Van Dyke. We so. paid 75 million for Van Dyke, and I said to myself, I said that time, that that is the most ridiculous amount of money for a defender. And boy, that was the most best decision that, our, um, that Jurgen Klopp made. Right? So he spent the money, and he got the results. So at the end of yeah. the day, I think there's going to be very few clubs that are going to be able to afford the money to buy Koulibaly. I don't think Arsenal can afford him, so there's no even point thinking about it, Bev. <laughs> Sorry, mate. But, um, yeah, Arsenal, um, Arsenal's wage bill, I think the, the highest paid, well, obviously Ozil's on 350k, we all know about that, but um, the second highest paid player is actually Aubameyang, he's on 180k a week. And I think the board can maybe afford up to 200 and that's that. But if they increase, obviously, the wage budget, then obviously it decreases the transfer yes. kitty as well. So, and I know Aubameyang is looking for about 250 But you know what? If I'm Aubameyang, Barcelona come calling, I'm gone. I don't know why Barcelona haven't made a noise about it, though. I'm surprised. Barcelona doesn't have money. That's the problem. 
They they never have money, but they seem to buy all the best players all the time. Yeah, but things have changed the last few years. Uh, you know, even for Real Madrid, they're not. You know, these two teams used to have that galactic approach, right, where they'd go and sign all the big names, just more or less for the sake of signing them. But you know, times have changed. You know, it's not just COVID nineteen that's disrupted the you know financial strategy of most clubs. It's just been going on for the last couple of years. You know, players are overvalued. I mean, you know. There are some players that are worth their note, but come on, man. You know, 50, 60, 70 million pounds for an unknown player, unproven, is, is ludicrous. Mm. I personally, I want to buy, I want players that don't necessarily come from, you know, Serie A or, you know, La Liga. For us, Arsenal, yeah, we've scouted Germany the last few years, right? Yeah. And this all started, you know, if you look at the history, Ozil of German descent, Jens Lehmann. Uh, obviously some of these are former players but right now we've got Socrates who's Socrates probably wouldn't even get in half the Premier League teams in the bottom half of the league in my opinion no. Mustafi Mustafi same category uh, no. Granit Xhaka all these guys are just below average players and this has been going on for a long long time I mean I'm not advocating here for Arsenal fan TV but a lot of the points that they've raised over the last couple of years, I mean, you've known me a long time. I've been in the US, what, 11 years? Yeah. I've advocated for Arsene Wenger to be out more or less since I came here, but that could be a topic for another day. Don't even get me started, man. My, my heart rate's already getting a little yeah, hyped. Yeah, that, that topic, we're going to have to like continue that at another point. But, Bav, it's been lovely chatting to you. I know we've got... Um, We've just about run out of time now, so I would like to say thank you for coming along and having a chat with us. And it's always great talking about the sport that we love, which is football. Awesome, man. All right, mate, take care, and, uh, you know, we'll talk soon. No worries, and I'll see you at the next one, mate. Thank you very much. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. That was Bav. Um, conversation about football with Bav, and that's been a, a very insightful conversation with him. It's been great speaking to him, and it's obviously... Um, giving us a lot of food for thought about how and what is going to happen in this season season finale, really, now. It's great. It's been an amazing season so far up until the lockdown. Now the lockdown's come to an end. We've started up again. And, yep, and we're, we're all ready to go. Just can't wait for this game to start now tomorrow. And then, happy i'm just so excited guys hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this has been a great episode and hopefully guys i'll speak to you all again soon thank you very much for joining us thank you bye-bye